Coffee Catch-Ups with me, Tanya Wiley. And me, Amelia Beaumont. Coffee Catch-Ups is a Christian podcast all about life in your 20s. And just a little disclaimer before we begin, we are not uh, theologians or teachers. We are just two people who love Jesus and are trying to live for him. As a special, as it were, to finish off season one, we are talking about 10 lies you are told in your 20s. Mm. Um, so that, I think we've covered a few of these uh, over the course of like the previous season, um, but we thought it would be good fun to just kind of go through uh, a few of these now. Before we start though, I just want to disclaim that we've entitled this like lies you here in your 20s, but I do think some of these, in fact, a lot of them are going to be things that uh, will will be lies that people in their 30s and 40s and whatever age you are here um, and can be quite relevant for everyone. So if you are listening and you're not in your 20s, I, I, I'm looking at the list and I think these are probably things I'm going to be struggling with later as well. Yeah. Tanya, would you like to kick us off with a lie? It's very serious and it's a lesson I've had to learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the lie is that I don't need sun cream. <laughs> <laughs> But it's true. <laughs> Look at my skin. It is so pale. I, for those of you who have never watched the visual or do not, do not know what I look like, I am very, very light blonde hair with very, very pale skin. And every so often, I think that magically that the Lord will protect my skin from the sun and therefore I do not need to put sun cream on. And that is that is a lie. It is Satan going, don't put sun cream on. You will burn <laughs> I enjoyed most about that was the voice. <laughs> Thank you. You bad. <laughs> Have you ever experienced that, Amelia? Every single year, mm. like especially like the first time that the sun really comes out, and I'm just like, oh, finally it's sun. I can get myself some vitamin D. This is going to be brilliant. And I, for the first time in 26 years, I'm going to go brown and not bright red, and it's all going to be fine. <laughs> Okay, Um, Amelia, do you have a lie? I do, and this one's also very serious. Um, Your favourite band will last forever. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, because that's not true. It's not true, is it? R.I.P. Busted. Oh, throwback. (laughs) Busted. They split up and everyone was like, no! I feel like Busted was our generation's One Direction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. We we, we have just outed ourselves as millennials here. And not Gen Z, <laughs> but like I just—it was so sad. Anyway, like, I hate to break it to you, but your band, your favorite band, will not last forever. Um, it's just—it's not, not going to happen. But they there will always be new music. So anyway, my my next lie um, is slight, slightly—I say actually more serious than the band thing, although that is serious. I I know. Hey now. <laughs> Um, and this is what I hear a lot is that the tw- the 20s, your 20s, it's the best time of your life. Have you heard that before? All the time. Mm. Literally all the time. Everyone's like, why are you miserable? Your 20s are a great time. And I'm yeah. like, well, it's rude. They? <laughs> it's it's really I think it's just a really stupid thing to say. I think I and we hear it a lot and it's a cliche, but it's such a it's such a rude thing to say. It's rude to People in their 20s who are having a difficult time. Like, what if you happen to, like, go through some of your darkest years, just happen to be in your 20s? Well, that's not very nice to say, oh, it's the best time of your life. 
really because I don't want life to get worse than this kind of thing and then also if you're in your 30s if you're if you're in any age other than your 20s that's really rude because they could be having an absolutely lovely time I know right and like the thing is I like you go through so much development as well in your 20s like you do a lot of growing up and it like there's nothing to say that all of that will go down the toilet afterwards like Mm. there's so much that you can do when you're not in your 20s no, I completely agree. I think, I mean, I think there is something about being in your 20s. You are young, like you are physically young and probably physically more able to um, do more, uh, potentially. Maybe not, not everyone, but um, there is that element of it. Um, and and so, yeah, I mean, there is that idea of, well, you know, this is probably the best time if you want to hike Everest, but, you know, it doesn't mean you can't do that in your 30s. I actually don't feel like hiking Everest, actually. As a hiker, I'd say it doesn't appeal to me. I've digressed. No, um, I like, I kind of, personally, I'd, I'd quite like to visit base camp, but that's probably as far as I'd go. Yeah, I mean, and that you have to train for. Um, yeah, exactly. It's, still, it's still a big deal. So, you know, there are things about being in your 20s and, and um, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying to people, hey, seize the day and enjoy your life and be present and be like, woohoo, let's have fun and enjoy your existence and be grateful that you're here um and that god is 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 pouring blessings upon you because we all have blessings that he pours upon us but the idea that it's the singular best time of your existence is actually biblically incorrect because the the best time is yet to come uh and if we have that hedonistic view of this is the best time of my life um then actually we're really missing the point because the best time is um it's gonna be when we're actually um when we've kicked the bucket so when we are <laughs> live as Christ to die is gain, my friends. Come Amen, on. Amen, sister. Come on. Okay, Amelia, have you got one for us? I do. I can do it all. Uh, to elaborate on which is to say, I should be doing everything all the time. My list should be never ending. Yeah. Uh, but also, I should be taking off all of my to do list. Um, and it's, <laughs> oh, it's a horrible one. It puts so much pressure on people. Like, mm-hmm. and I and I think this is, it's such a, it's often the pressure that we put on ourselves, actually, I find is, is the worst, like, because other people don't go outwardly, necessarily, you should be doing this, you should be doing that, although sometimes they do, but, like, I find I put this pressure on myself all the yeah. time, because I have quite a few, like, kind of ongoing projects outside of work, and it's like, oh, I'd really like to achieve this and achieve that with all of these, and when I come home from work and I rest... So I kick myself sometimes, I really do. And I'm like, why am I resting? Like, I've got such a long to-do list. And actually, that's not the way it should be. It's like, you need rest. Rest is really important. Yeah. And um, I mean, there's, there's this concept of, of being able to juggle everything, isn't it? It's, it's, it's like, you are a human being. You are not, uh, div- like, you are not God. Like, calm down. Like, there's a, that expectation, I think, particularly I think all the things we're going to talk about today there's an expectation with them that you're right perhaps we put on ourselves but perhaps we it it sneaks up on us because of things that we see particularly on social media I know we spoke about um social media creating that kind of um that envy of going oh okay I need to do that and then there's this picture of the perfect person who um is uh, an entrepreneur and an amazing, um, I don't know, wife and mother at the same time and an amazing, um, got an amazing social life and it's got um, uh, fantastic finances, got their own house, got married, whatever it is, this list of these things that people are juggling all the time, seeing their friends, 
um, also doing self-care, going for a run, going to the gym, going to the theater, going to the, doing this, meeting that person, doing that, also having a thriving career. And there's just so much. Absolutely. The, the mantra is hustle 24 seven, isn't it? And it's yeah. just like, that's, that is physically impossible um, because actually all of these projects or all of these like things that you want to be able to do, you are not physically going to be able to do them if you are not resting because you're not giving yourself a chance to recover. Mm. Um, and I'm so guilty of this all the time. I've heard it described as like juggling. You're juggling so many different things. Um, and you can only juggle when you watch a juggler, they can only do it for so long and eventually something will drop. doesn't matter how skilled they are, how amazing they are at juggling. The more balls you add to the juggling, the mm. uh, eventually something will drop and more than likely they'll all fall on the floor. And I think that's what what's a really interesting thing when we're doing so much all at the same time and we're trying to juggle all these things is you can potentially drop all of them on the floor because you become so exhausted that everything just falls. Mm. And I heard somebody describe um, the juggling thing as a, um, what you really want to do is drop the ones that are plastic, but not the ones that are glass. So there's things in your life which are made of glass and there are things that are made of plastic that will bounce and you can pick them up again later and they'll be fine. Um, but too often I find one of the difficulties in the in the um, idolizing of wanting to be able to achieve everything is that we might accidentally drop a glass ball which will smash when it's dropped, like a, 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 friend, a key friendship or a um, key time with, with somebody or something, whatever you consider to be your glass ball in your life. If you drop that, maybe your, your spiritual um, welfare and health, it, it, you know, it's not gone forever, but it's harder to pick those glasses bits up and, and, and keep juggling. I don't know where I went wrong with that metaphor, but I hope it's helpful. No, it's a great metaphor. I really like that analogy. Actually, it's really helpful. The key is prayer. If you like if you have a lot going on and you're going actually something needs to give like I need to stop something but I don't want to and I don't know what that should be like pray about it because he knows exactly what your capacity is um and what he wants you to be doing at any given time yeah so yeah anyway line number five give it to us all friendships are forever oh ouch Mm. ouchie that hurts doesn't it yeah it does I think it does because um oh man I I love my friendships with people I love people Mm. Um, and it can be a real heartbreak when a friendship drifts or goes and finishes um and you know it's happened to all of us because you know you can't sustain all of the friendships and and that's how it's supposed to be it's a healthy thing some friendships are for for the now for the short term some friends you walk with for your life and I think that's a really hard thing to come to terms with sometimes oh yeah absolutely like I have experience of this and it is really difficult Mm. um I find particularly as people's kind of lives change quite a lot like people get married people have kids and actually and sometimes that does mean that their attention or your attention given you know depends who it is who's changing it's, people's attention is it sometimes has to change um because you know as as a child you don't want to be raised by parents who are like doing too much and don't have time for you yeah and yeah sometimes it is healthy to go actually do you know what it's been lovely while it's lasted but this is time to to leave it um unfortunately it's not always so cut and dry as that I've had to learn that the hard way because you know 
you kind of it's it's difficult isn't it when you see people drifting especially mm. people that you have been relatively close with and it's something that you kind of have to come to terms with I think like I had to do a lot of hard work on occasion I don't know about you yeah for sure I, th- I think it's it's a really complex matter actually and I think maybe it's something to talk about more in a, on a full episode because it's it's a really interesting one but there's different types of kind of friendships going apart isn't there there's that kind of natural drift that you do naturally um that I think about people I went to university with we stayed in contact at the beginning and then just slowly it's it's gone and, and it's it's very healthy and it's just what's happened and nobody's hurt um, massively and then there's the other friendships where one person just sort of for some or other a reason just went no um and and there's probably a reason behind that and if you're on the other side and you go oh, I don't know why it can be a really a really hurtful thing um to not know what why is this person just now blanking me or whatever and I really miss them and what have you those can be really hurtful and then there's the ones where you have to do that to somebody because you go actually this person is is causing me harm and I actually have to take a distance away um I know there's been a period of my life where I've had to make that decision for various different friends who I went oh I actually don't have the capacity right now um to to invest in this friendship in a way that's going to be healthy and and so navigating that is so tricky um a friendship doesn't necessarily need to be a constant communication because there's only a few friends that you can actually fit into that sphere of communication we talked about changing the spheres in the episode with parents but that that happens with friends as well you've got your friends who you talk with every once in a while but they're still friends and then you've got people who you talk at all the time Mm. Um, and and I think part of growing up um, and growing in in faith and in confidence of yourself is being able to to be okay with people moving and becoming more distant or closer or whatever and going well I'm going to enjoy this for what it is and still value and love that person even if we drift. Yeah. The, the the spheres thing is a, is a really good analogy because again it's kind of going back on what we just talked about we can't do everything all the time and that includes communicating with everybody all the time. Um, and I think actually it's kind of what we touched on as well in, in the people pleasing episode. Um, like sometimes, you know, it is good to step back from things yeah. as well and say no, because that's the he- most healthy thing for everybody involved, even if that might cause some pain. But I think when it comes to the lie, you're so right, because it is it's, it's tricky. Um, so when it comes to the lie of all friends are forever, um, I think that is a lie that can be really destructive if you really cling on to it in the sense of, but we're friends, so we should be friends forever. And then you allow the divide that was just distance that could potentially, because distance can then get shorter at another point in life, you never know. Um, if you allow the divide to be so wide by your resentment because of this lie, um, you're you're really denying God the opportunity um, to to mould your friendships in a way that He wants. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Have Would you like to hit us with another lie? I am defined by what I do for a job. Oh, no. It's so hard, isn't it? Because do you know what? So many times when you are introduced to people, and you see your name, and then usually the second or third question is, "And what do you do?" Yeah implying you know what is what is your work let's be honest we spend many many hours working mm-hmm. uh, but it is such an a potential idol um and it certainly has been for me mm-hmm. uh, that it is yeah it's it, just hearing you say it 
is it challenged me I was like yeah okay because I define myself by what I do and so many people do and this is something that I think you know you do forever because look at when people retire they often go oh what do I do now because that has been part of my identity for such a long time and so you know it it is a what it's not just for people in their 20s for sure but also I think it's you know it creates the answer to that question what do you do that immediately kind of creates a preconception in that person's mind depending on what they understand about your job and so like (laughs) we end up defining each other as well as ourselves as we've discussed in previous episodes my my current job is office manager this is not the job that I want to be doing for the rest of my life and so to define myself as office manager for me can actually be quite like that's actually not true like yes that's what I kind of do but that's not who I am yeah. like what lights me up is not being an office manager surprise surprise how about yeah. you because I realize you like you're obviously in the job that you want to do yeah doing a job that you love and that is also your calling is a really interesting one because uh, I think I've spoken before how in one of the other episodes of the podcast is actually God really has called me into the creative arts um and that's a brilliant thing but because that's where you're called Satan also wants to try and stop you from doing that to the best of your ability. Um, mm. and what better way than to make it look like he's encouraging, but actually encourage you to idolize the job and put your worth into what you do. Um, and so if I, I know that I'm idolizing it, if I am, if my mood and emotions are subject to whether I have a job or not, or whether I'm doing well in my job or not, whether um, I can really call myself an actor this month or not. Um, And so, and that's a constant thing to check in because you consume yourself with the job, with people who are in the same job. And before you know it, it can become your identity, but your identity is not the job. Um, And so really it's all about checking in um, and and trying to to not be solely the job. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think the you know again it's kind of like it it helps us to kind of question where our foundations lie Mm -hmm. um kind of like what we were talking about in the covid one when i was saying about um the last sermon that we had at church before lockdown uh, and the guy that was preaching um was saying you know whose hand are you holding yeah if it's not god's hand then you are going to fall um and, and actually that is true of that's true of all areas of life not just of through foundation shaking periods like lockdown yeah um and but also as well um I think there was a verse I mentioned in the singleness podcast about um the calling that all of us have like all of us are children of God and all of us are called to serve him and to the plans that he has for us it doesn't matter whether you are employed unemployed single Mm -hmm. in a relationship or or whatever your like status is inverted commas like that calling is still on all of us yeah Um, and that should be what defines us like there's that brilliant song um I am who you say I am oh Oh, yeah Um, that's a really good point that you make it's also um about uh who we're bearing the fruit for um because if you flip if you flip it and you go well I'm working and I work for the Lord so it doesn't matter what job I do, whether I'm employed or not, or whether I'm where I want to be or do my dream job or not doing my dream dream job. I'm working for, for the glory of the Lord. That is what I'm doing. Absolutely. 
when you succeed it's god's success not yours and when you when you don't succeed at promotion or something like that then that's because uh you're working for the kingdom and god said no 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 not that way mm. um and so and when you flip it like that it's hard to do because you know we're innately selfish beings but that that's something to keep coming back to and going well actually i can't take this promotion to heaven with me um, but I, but I can, I am around people and I can work for the kingdom and God always places you somewhere. Mm. Um, and we talked about this on, I, I think it's on the, I'm not where I thought I'd be or something like that, where we talked about how, um, if you're unhappy with where you are, ask God why you're there. Um, sure. and, and it's the same thing with the jobs is, is, it is just part of you. It is just where God's put you. It is not who you are. Um, but it could be something, an amazing opportunity for the kingdom. So mm-hmm. go and meet those those broken people in your office, in your workplace, um, who actually need to, to feel love because we are so angry at the moment and so exhausted. I feel like everyone's exhausted. Maybe that's just a reflection of myself. I don't know. <laughs> No, I'm 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 feeling that too. <laughs> Give us another lie. Okay. Um oh yeah. It matters what people think of me. Oh but doesn't it? <laughs> oh people pleasing. Oh yeah. Um it's one of those lies, isn't it, that you're like, yeah, of course it doesn't matter. Of course it doesn't matter what other people think. But then you do it and you just let people's opinions go um oh my goodness what are you gonna think even earlier so like earlier today we went live on instagram um and uh what i could see that one of the people watching was one of uh people who i know from an acting gig and i just thought oh my goodness he's gonna mock this so much he's gonna he really is gonna mock it um and i started going oh maybe maybe we shouldn't say too much about jesus and i don't you know that kind of that kind of part of you that's like okay i'm not gonna listen to this but that's still Mm. that's still there it's just a small trivial example which doesn't paint me in the best light but it's true um and there is the element of okay how much of what people think of me is is um it's just just it's just there in the periphery just kind of Mm -hmm. yeah I feel you you. and it's like I get this even when I like go to church with people that I know Mm. very, very well and who I know in my head don't really care like what I look like what kind of state I'm in etc and I there was one one week where I was just in an absolute state you know I was just feeling quite like stuck as well in this rut I've been working a huge amount just all all of this stuff like just kind of came crashing down and I was in a row with people that I knew as in like knew well enough to cry in front of yeah and I still took myself out of the row to go sit on the sofas at the back of the church mm. and sobs <laughs> was that because you didn't want them to what like judge you or something yeah. Or, yeah. yeah literally and I was like oh gosh they really can't see me in mm. this in this mess well again like I know in my head it would have been absolutely fine yeah um but like you know there's nothing wrong with taking yourself off to cry but you know what I mean like the premise of what are they going to think of me if I break down in front of them mm. and like you know actually it could have really helped because I you know they could have given me some real wisdom in my situation it's it's everyone has it like um you know it really roots back to to school days where you wanted people to like you um and it can be it can be really destructive I remember 
Um, I remember uh, an ex-boyfriend of mine get, um, was always obsessed with, oh, that doesn't look cool, or this looks cool. And I remember going, why does it matter? And he went, but we all, re- we do. And he just went, well, we, we do care what people think of us. Like, there's no getting away from that. Mm. And I went, yeah, but there is fighting. There is trying to combat it um, because it's it's not it's not biblical we we should care what god thinks and not what other people think it doesn't mean that we we go out of our way to be horrible or deliberately provocative or whatever but um it, we need to combat that so this is, it's about how do we go about doing that yeah i think a lot of it has to come from again like we were talking about where our foundations are Mm-hmm. Um, because in the end it only really matters what Jesus thinks and it sounds like a really cheesy Christian answer <laughs> but it's yeah. also true <laughs> it's also actually true because the, the opinions of other people are constantly changing people's attention shifts all the time um, and like I just <laughs> this is hilarious but the example that comes to mind is um, Bridgerton when uh, like they've had this kind of huge scandal and nobody comes to the ball that they put on. Yeah. Um, but the way that they actually kind of just like they they get on with it anyway and they have a good time at this ball with mm. like ten of them there. Um and then there's a there's a comment that someone makes within that series. It's like the Tom the Tom will forget all of these people around you will at some point move on with their lives to the next bit of gossip. And it's so true. Like actually at some point what you what you think you're doing wrong that people are gonna be completely you know awful about and judge you for and all of this like that won't last forever I agree and I I think I think what also uh, we have the reason we're talking about the lie is because it is a lie and it's one that we buy into ourselves like you were saying earlier um you go oh what will they think of me they probably don't care like you know you know I think about it I used to really um I don't know, I used to really struggle with the concept of going for a run in a busy place where people would see me. Because I, um, so I'm a bit more of a runner now, but especially when I first started, I was like, I didn't want anyone to see me. I was so like, I don't know, ashamed to be seen running. People don't care. They're probably just thinking, gosh, she's running, I'm not. Um, and actually, uh, in in combating some of the people pleasing tendencies, because believe you me, I I'm a I'm a big people pleaser, but I'm getting better. I wonder about practicing the small things, which lead to the bigger things. So things like I'm gonna go for a meal by myself. I don't care what people think. I don't care if people think I'm sad. I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna wear that outrageous outfit because I don't care. Yeah. Be yeah. weird. Be wacky. Um. I recently, a few months ago, decided to run around Leeds Castle like a buzzard because I was in practice for a show and I did it. I don't care what people think. I love that image. Um, (laughs) It's my favourite. And an analogy that came to mind. It's like, you know how on, most often on like American TV programmes where they have a school reunion Mm. and it's like like 10 or 20 years later and you're about to see all these people that you went to school with. Like it's almost, I think in these situations, or almost always feels kind of similar to that. It's like, yeah, about to step into this situation, and everybody is going to be judging me because, like, they've reached a certain point in their lives that I yeah. haven't reached myself. I bet there are so there's a, that's a room full of people who are trying to prove themselves because they're scared. Every, everyone in that room is scared that, that people are judging them. So. Mm. So, hey, why not be the person that goes, yeah, 
my life's a bit of a mess. Cried last week. Um, not doing great financially and um, still still alone. Uh, that's the truth. Um, and and people, I bet there would be an almost audible sigh of relief where everyone went, yeah. oh, okay, finally somebody's been real. Yeah, so true, so true. And I think this is why it's really important to be honest with the people around you as well as to how you are. Like, you don't need to give them, like, the whole lowdown of every single emotion you felt in the last 24 hours. But, like, you know, at the same time, being real with actually, like, like particularly at church, we have a tendency to say, oh, yeah, I'm fine. How are you? Yeah. My oh. friend my friend Owen does this really cool thing. I think I might have mentioned it before where when when he goes, so how are you? And then you just go, yeah, I'm, gr- I'm great, thanks. He goes, but how are you, actually? Um, he gives you permission to say how you actually feel. It's not like a third degree thing. It's just going, well, you, you have permission. You're going to hit me with your next lie. I am. And it's it's kind of related. Yeah. But it is. I need to look perfect. Uh, that's a big one. I think for your 20s as well, because you're supposed to look the best you will ever look. 100%. And like, I think, again, this whole, oh, what will other people think if I go out the house looking a mess? No one's looking at you. Like, literally no one cares. Um, But yeah, needing to look perfect all the time it's not gonna happen let's face it that only happens in films yeah Usually. and only because they've got a team of people doing their hair and makeup yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> and like even like adventure do you know what that annoys me in like adventure films and stuff where the women walk out and like they might have like a streak of mud on their face and like you know a few kind of like rips in their clothing but aside from that they still look incredible yeah and you're just like dude you've just like run through a forest been like blown up three times and you know been in a sword fight or something and like you there's no way no nobody looks like that do you know what i really love actually is at the start of frozen when anna <laughs> wakes up sits up and her hair is just like yeah <laughs> i've like, seen that in so many memes so yeah accurate. <laughs> so accurate but yeah I, I don't know i think i think as you get older because um because you know you get your skin gets wrinklier and your your body's not able to do as much and i know a lot of people particularly women i think you know there's so much put on what women look like it is mm. I, i'm not saying that it's not like that for men but it is insane how much of your of your who you are is about what you look like like beauty privilege is a thing like you just get treated better if you're beautiful or potentially worse because you get more negative attention um and I think these are all brought up really nicely with uh, the Barbie movie at the moment did you go and see it I did and honestly I recommend it so much I laughed through like 90% of that thing (laughs) but but I think you know that the pressure is there and and it's it's also not not in the church Mm. which, which makes me sad because the bible is so clear you know, beauty fades, but a woman who who respects and loves the Lord uh, is to be treasured. You know, it, it's so, it's just obvious. Like God goes, I don't care. You're not even going to have these after you die. Um, this is just what you, yeah, your body's a temple. Look after it. It's God given. It's a gift for you. Um, but the Bible's really clear. Beauty, it fades. I actually, I really like your point about the Barbie movie. Um, because I, when I saw it, one moment that really stuck with me, not, no spoilers, guys, don't worry um but there's this brilliant point where obviously margot robbie is playing like 
the main stereotypical Barbie mm. and uh, there's a point where she's just like crying she's like I'm not pretty anymore like I'm I'm not stereotypical Barbie anymore like I can't you know I can't do this can't do that blah 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 and there's a hilarious moment where Helen Mirren as the narrator uh, goes <laughs> she literally says note to the filmmakers don't cast Margot Robbie in this role if you're trying to make this point yeah. <laughs> so good the entire cinema was just like crying but um but like it's so easy isn't it to feel like even if you look like Margot Robbie like I'm not saying Margot Robbie feels like this but you know what I mean you know actually we all have points don't we when we just go oh mm. I feel horrible <laughs> like but actually you're again coming back to this whole thing like your worth is not in your physical beauty like we said like beauty fades yeah. um and it's it's not that's not the most important thing um, because the Lord sees the heart. It's interesting that so many of the ones we're talking about are identity focused mm. because I really think that is a huge, um, like there's a spiritual warfare in that um, is is like Satan does try and and shift where your identity is, put idols in the way. Um, we we talked about the other podcast, the Vanity podcast about how is, is it sneaking up there? Your looks are more important than other things because that can happen too. Absolutely. So, line number nine. Tomorrow will be better. No, I need to explain this one um, because tomorrow potentially will be better. And it's sometimes a really useful thing to say if you're having a bad day. Absolutely. Tomorrow will be better. Um, so I don't mean that. Uh, what I mean when I say the, the lie that tomorrow will be better is more that when I do this, it will things will be better. When I go there, it will be better. The idea that I can only look to there because here is not good enough um and and the the lie uh tomorrow will be better over there is better that's better than here is a constant envy of somewhere else or something else and it's usually born in lack of contentment um do you do you know what i'm talking about am i making sense oh yeah absolutely i i honestly have this so much of the time uh again when i get the job that i want yeah everything will be fine when i move out of my parents house everything will be fine when I have a car everything will be fine it makes it really hard to count your blessings because actually you're just not even putting value on the things that you currently have and it's not to say that actually like you shouldn't want better things in your life but like actually to a point actually like you say it can be really destructive and the things that I currently have in my life like a roof over my head which many people don't have again it sounds like a cliche but it's so important to count that as a as a real blessing and not take those things for granted yeah um which is so easy to do when you're looking just for the next the next thing that will finally get you towards the instagram worthy life yeah because at what point are you satisfied like really because if you if you if you cultivate that way of living then that's that was only going to get worse when i get when i do this when it's going to get better um, and it, it's a real stealer of joy. And that's what lies are, aren't they? All these lies that we're talking about, they steal your joy because they're either going, oh, you don't look perfect. So if you were having a good day or you felt a bit okay in yourself, then it steals your joy. It goes, tomorrow will be better because today isn't good enough. Um, you know, I was about to say something about sun cream then, but I um, I know that that's actually a very useful thing. That we've... <laughs> um, you know, you... Uh, you can do it all so push yourself to the point where you can do nothing and the, the, all these lies are about not do not doing now not enjoying 
and being present. And we've spoke about it a lot in the podcast before. But okay, just be, just be. Because if you're if you're going, oh, it'll be better then. You're not going, God. What do you want now? Mm. Last lie. Yes. You, it's your one. So, guys, the final it, lie. It all ends when you're thirty. <laughs> no. It's getting closer. Oh, it is, isn't Big it? Big three zero. It like I go through periods where I'm like, eh, whatever. And yeah. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh it all ends at 30. What do you mean? Uh well life is over, essentially. By the time you reach 30, um, everything, all of your goals, you can't achieve them anymore because you had your time, so you cannot uh do anything after that. There's no way that you can find your soulmate if you haven't found them already. Uh-huh. Um, there's no way that you can get the dream job because it is too late. Um, and your body is about to start disintegrating, so bad luck. Big sad end of. <laughs> okay, well that's the end. That of is the our. And we're that's our to... central message of the yeah. podcast. Tune in next week for some more doom and gloom. <laughs> I know what you mean. This idea of I have to have achieved a significant proportion of success. Uh, by the time I'm 30 and I think we were talking earlier we were trying to tie a few things in a similar theme of you know I've got to always have this life that's going up in this trajectory and for some reason most of us put a a big barrier on the 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 digit 30. I don't know what it is about 30 that is supposed to be so terrible like I know plenty of people who are over the age of 30 and they're still you know functioning it's it should be a great age as well like what's wrong with your 30s? At the same time, what's so great about being in your 20s? You're still, like, uh, let's be honest, when you start your 20s, you're very much a new baby, shiny adult. Mm. You're like this, oh, uh, how do I how do I do life by myself? Um, uh, uh, it's your first, probably, the majority of people, you're probably your first experience of living um, alone. I know you were laughing at my noises that I just made then. I was loving it. <laughs> um yeah it's probably your first experience of like living alone trying to to you're just starting career stuff and it it's a it's a weird time because you're sort of treading water as it were and sort of sort of Mm. hopefully sort of desperately trying to stay afloat so actually I think I know a lot of people um a lot of friends who are in the other um decades 30s 40s who really sort of have sat back into it and gone actually I'm going to enjoy uh because 20s felt very much like a scrabble to try and understand who I was and mm. 30s I know now so actually what we really need to do if we're feeling like this is talk to people in their 30s and 40s because it's not as big a deal as as we think mm. um but an interesting one is I, I think again it's again we mentioned it I can't remember which podcast um but everyone's on their own journey and so mm. you just we all just start measuring ourselves against these things that don't act that aren't actually real so whether that be the the number 30 whether that be the the people your colleagues and your friends who are on a different journey it's counterproductive there's this brilliant moment in the gospel of john where jesus and peter are walking on the beach along the beach and John is like he's kind of like following but like a few places behind I don't really know why but there he was anyway Jesus and Peter are having this conversation and Peter's like yeah but like what about that guy and he's like pointing to John and he's like what you know what about his journey Mm. and Jesus kind of goes well what about his journey like we're not talking about him we're talking about you Mm. um and and actually like you know Peter's story was so different to John's 
so different. Um, I mean, both of them played, obviously played their part in the establishment of the early church. Um, Peter ended up crucified upside down and John ended up exiled on Patmos. Both of them had extraordinary parts to play in the story of the church. Mm. Um, neither one had, you know, less impact, arguably, than the other. Um, but actually, their journeys were different and that's okay. Um, like, it's, and, and I think that kind of is really important to remember in these things it's like actually some people will achieve all of the things that you want to achieve by the time they are 30 good for them and and actually maybe you won't and that's also okay because actually that thing might be a lot better for you mm. in your 40s or in your 50s um or you may never never get there and that's okay too because actually like the things kind of like we were saying in in the previous one like tomorrow will be better like they didn't necessarily matter that much yeah um, and actually sometimes it's not right for you to have that thing you know and going um that person's got that which I want you you forget what you've achieved um mm-hmm. and, and achieved I mean in the sense of what God has achieved through you um because you go oh well that's where I want to be that you we get so convinced and this totally ties into the number nine as well we get so our gaze gets fixed on where we want to be that we go what well, we forget actually look what is exciting here and what God is doing here and now Mm -hmm. Um, there is an element of that with it all ends at 30 again you're looking to the future when yeah there's an element of the healthy to look to the future where where do I want to be God where do you want to take me but actually the exciting thing is about doing life with God and the Holy Spirit is that you are not in charge of that which is exciting and also quite relieving because imagine if you didn't have faith you'd be thinking gosh I've got to climb this mountain all by myself and I'm just me I'm just me I don't know what I'm doing again where where your attention is and where you're when you're rooting in in God you become less addicted to success Mm. um or a different kind worldly success I should say because you start to become addicted to what God thinks is success and let's remember that God thinks loving him and loving your neighbor is at the top priority so true it does it does come back to that idea of, of success and failure and actually what is true success um yeah. because there's there's no time limit on that and like you know there are people in their 80s and 90s still learning about faith and i and i think that's beautiful actually to to see and to hear admitted actually in when people are in there at that age or whatever age you know kind of i think usually above 50 actually when i hear people going I'm really still figuring this out is actually so encouraging like you don't need to have it all figured out by the time you're whatever age but yeah there's there's no time limit on on the successes that God gives us to aspire to at all yeah and and you know it's easy for us to say from a podcast um it's harder to do when you're going through it and you do it living it every day and you're you feel stuck and I think feeling stuck isn't something that you get just in your 20s. You know, I think that is what they define as a mid, midlife crisis is feeling stuck and things like that. And and so that's every decade. And and it's, a, um, I don't know, um, I heard something recently about growth um, and that if we feel stuck psychologically, it's because we're not growing. I wondered to combine that because that was a non-Christian study, but it was a psychologist saying, if you go and try and grow in some way, so um, 
if you, I don't know, take up a new hobby and learn something or try and study something, that suddenly you start to feel a little bit of a shift of feeling less stuck. I wonder what that would be like if we put that into a faith context and we go, I feel really stuck, whether that's career wise, whatever it is that you feel stuck about. And if you went, I wonder how I can grow in faith. Mm. Um, And if you did that, I wonder if that would have the same psychological effect of going, oh, I'm going to shift some stuff here. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I don't know about you, but to having this conversation with you, Amelia, um, it's, it's gone, oh, he's thrown up some stuff and it's also thrown up some flipping idols, some things that sneak in between you and your relationship with God. Um, so it, what a really good idea to have a conversation about some of the lies that you think you're being told either by yourself, by society, by uh, Satan, whoever, wh- whatever it is, have a conversation about it and see if you can start to shift them. And one of the things I wanted to um, actually say when we thought about doing this podcast was one of the things that the um, the uh, speaker at my um, church, church when I was a student said, she used to say, when people say a lie, I verbally break it in the name of Jesus. So I go, I break that in the name of Jesus. And mm-hmm. so over each one of the lies, whenever, and, and she used to do it when people said it to her right there. If somebody said something to her, like a cursor, cursed her with their words. She'd just go, yeah, I break that in the name of Jesus. Just casually, just, just say it. Um, and there's power in that. Um, and I believe that over these lies as well, that we just want to break them in the name of Jesus. They do not define you uh, or any uh, part of your life uh, in Jesus' name. For our final recommendation section, we are doing general downtime activities to things to do to just chill out a little bit. Tanya, how do you chill out? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Well, thank you for that very helpful recommendation. Um, I would like to, as a disclaimer, this is not the message that Coffee Cat puts out. I am joking. I do chill out. It does happen. Uh Uh-huh. Sure Um, I mean, there are loads of ways to chill out. I some I quite often just watch something funny, like comedy. I like watching comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but my go-to chill out is actually hiking, which may seem like it's not a chill out to people, but that is my ultimate. But yeah, hiking's a good one. I actually quite enjoy that because it does like, it's really good for you, isn't it? It gets you outside and in the fresh air. Same to you, Amelia. Tell us how to chill because teach me your ways, oh wise one. Uh, I mean, I love taking a book to a coffee shop. I'm just sitting and reading like comfy seat people watch for a little bit good book and good coffee is like my kind of like the dream really when I have time to do that that is my favorite you know what you can enjoy with a good coffee what's that Tanya coffee catch-ups <laughs> that was a great plug I say plug as if people aren't already listening to the <laughs> if they've got to this point they've already been through enough they've been through a <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye.